Hey everybody, welcome to Grounding Our Faith. In this podcast, we strive to make plain topics in the Bible, theology, and faith. In a world continually offering bizarre ideas, fighting for our attention and our allegiance, it's important now, maybe more than ever, to know what you believe and why you believe it. I'm your host, Paul Tacey, and this is Grounding Our Faith. Welcome to Grounding Our Faith. In this podcast, we strive to make plain topics in the Bible, theology, and faith. In a world continually offering bizarre ideas, fighting for our attention and our allegiance, it's important now, maybe more than ever, to know what you believe and why you believe it. I'm your host, Paul Tacey, and this is Grounding Our Faith. Well, good morning, friends, and welcome back to our Holy Week devotional series. As we have been highlighting some of the activities and events recorded in Scripture between the triumphal entry and the resurrection, we arrive today at Holy Wednesday. And oddly enough, the Scriptures tell us absolutely nothing about this day. We know about the events of Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, but nothing is mentioned for Wednesday. Now, in light of this, I would like to take us back to the days prior to the triumphal entry, as Jesus was making his way up to Jerusalem. Now, while Jesus traveled with many people, he was the only one who really knew exactly what the next 10 days were going to be like. He knew precisely about an agonizing prayer in a garden, a betrayal, denial, and several trials, a beating, and a crucifixion were all in his near future. I mention all of this to say that despite the knowledge of these dreadful pending events, Jesus stayed on mission. How often in our own lives, when we are overwhelmed with life, we lose focus on the most important things, missing the forest for the trees. But Luke 19.10 tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the story of blind Bartimaeus being healed and Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, serve as a reminder that with Jesus, there is no mission drift. Mission drift is all around us. Some of our oldest and most prestigious universities were founded as places of Christian higher education. Yale, Harvard, Princeton, and Duke all began with a mission to train young people to serve God. The YMCA, an organization that when it was founded in 1845, was known for street evangelism, Bible studies, and prayer meetings, a place for young men to go instead of taverns and brothels. Neither these universities nor this organization reflect its original mission. Somewhere along the way, they lost focus and suffered mission drift. Now, this is not just an organizational problem. It affects people as well. How many have we known whose fervor and fire once burned brightly for the Lord, but today it is dimly lit, if at all? Now, the scriptures tell us that Jesus was headed into Jericho, a little less than 20 miles from Jerusalem. And we're also told of several stories, two of which give us individuals who were both outside of the Jewish, normal Jewish system for different reasons. One was a social outcast thrown away by society because he was a blind beggar. It would have been easy to overlook him, except the Holy Spirit revealed to him who Jesus was. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And in response to this declaration, Jesus tells him his faith has healed him and that he went on and followed Jesus and that those around who were watching praised God. And a little later on, Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, a wealthy and probably influential man, runs ahead of the crowd and climbs a sycamore fig tree to get a chance to see Jesus. Now, Luke may have been presenting Zacchaeus' running and tree climbing as a commentary on Jesus' own words that unless people become like little children, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus was also a social outcast, but he was one because of his own actions. Now, Zacchaeus was healed as well, in a sense. Jesus confronted him in his own gentle way. And salvation came to Zacchaeus And he offers restitution to all who he had cheated, restitution far greater than the law required. Now, these restorative acts did not save Zacchaeus, but they were evidence of a profound internal change. Now, both of these stories are worthy of their own detailed treatment, but my thoughts are this, this morning are brief and simple. In the buildup to his last days on earth, Jesus' attention to those on the periphery reveals his heart. It would have been easy to just keep things simple and fly under the radar, spending energy on those closest to him and in private prayer and meditation. But Jesus made these outcasts a priority, knowing their eternal value. Even to the end, Jesus saw those around him who chose to insert himself into their lives, addressing their very point of need, and in doing so, pointed others to the Father. Now, can I ask you, on your busiest day, on your worst day, how well do we see those that are around us? Proverbs 16, 9 says, we make our plans, but God orders our steps. And when we see a difference between our plans and God's steps, do we take time to set aside our own agenda for what the Lord may have for us? In light of what Jesus was about to face, it would have been easy for him to overlook those around him. But even in his final days, Jesus stayed true to his mission to seek and to save that which is lost. Father, we thank you for these stories and what they teach us about Jesus' heart and your heart for people. And as he was approaching these final days, he could have hidden himself away and just spent time with his disciples, but he chose to see those around him to speak to their very points of need and always pointing people to you. Help us on our busy days, days where our agendas are so full, not to miss those that are around us, to take the opportunities that you are bringing to us as you order our steps to show people who Jesus truly is, that he died for them and he rose again to conquer sin and death. And we pray this in your name. Amen.